you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Thanks for joining us on this Memorial Day. Appreciate you guys being with us, listening to us on your holiday. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Safe, healthy, happy. Thank you to all our veterans. Appreciate your sacrifice. This show is about betting, and we're going to talk about betting. Game 7 of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. In what... We've all kind of come to agree to Action Network as a complete clusterfuck of a series. Uh, to help me try and figure out how we bet this game in torturous fashion, I've got Joe Delera, props master, and WNBA fire god, Jim Turvey. Uh, if you are not listening to the WNBA pods, uh, we've gotten like all, like Matt Mitchell had a message about the feedback and all these types of things. Just want, if you're betting, you want to make money. I can't be more clear about this. Jim is making oodles of money right now, betting NBA and slaughtering what are very soft lines. So you need to be following him in the Action Network app, which is the best way for you to track your picks and get up the second information where the bets and money incoming are. And you need to be following him to track all these great props as well as Joe Delera with all his prop action as well. We'll go around the table. We will give our best bets for game seven between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics after the Boston Celtics blow a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter and then are saved. After Marcus Smart takes a turnaround fadeaway three-pointer because they adequately covered Jimmy Butler or Jason Tatum, only for Derek White to add to NBA playoff lore with a putback with less than a second remaining. Just absolute insanity that game was. I couldn't believe that shot was in time. Um, I was very thankful that I didn't bet that game. Very, very happy with all of that. White will inbound. Have to protect the offensive rebound. Oh, he got All rid of it. He That's sure a did. Celtic and win, and we're going to Game Seven. The Celtics are going to win. There's a Game Seven back in Boston. Moving on the floor is good basket. The play's under review. This game, the Boston Celtics predictably 
right back up to seven and a half. Seven and a half point favorites in a game seven. Uh, there has not been a lot of game seven teams that have been favored at this, but it's more than you'd think. There's been a handful of teams that have been favored by more than five points up to seven points uh, in a game seven at home. Total in this game, 203 and a half. Open 203 and a half, stay 203 and a half. That's where it's at right now. Uh, early indications in the Action Network app, 85% of the tickets are on Miami plus eight and a half. 98% of the money right now coming in on plus seven and a half. 68% of the tickets are on the over, but 86% of the money is on the under. We'll get into this. We'll go around the table. We'll do our best bets, and then we'll go back through and we'll give the cap on them. Joe, we'll start with you. What's your best bet for game seven? So I like Al Horford to go over one and a half stocks. I like uh, Duncan Robinson to go over eight and a half points. And I like the Boston Celtics team total over 105.5. And uh, I'm dabbling with some alts there too, I think. Jim Turvey, what's your best bet for game seven? Yeah, a couple player props as well. I got Jason Tatum over eight and a half first quarter points. I have Jimmy Butler under 34 and a half points plus assists. And I have Marcus Smart under five and a half assists. Okay. Okay. You'll notice that neither of the gentlemen took a side or a total in this game. Uh, <laughs> cowards. Because they're cowards and completely terrified. <laughs> Unlike me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not taking the side either. Are you insane? <laughs> I have an entire article about why you should not bet the side in this game. Check that out on Action Network. Uh, mine's the under 203 and a half. Let's keep it simple, baby. Uh, let's roll through these props and then we'll get to uh, my take on the under in this one. Joe, let's start with, with Horford over one and a half stocks. Give me the cap on that and why you like that spot. So Horford's honestly just been dynamite, right? Like as long as he's playing enough minutes and that's really been the big thing for him. And we've seen this now over the past couple of games where Boston has been winning and we've seen his minutes increase each game. So I think he just played 31 minutes, which was the most minutes out of any Boston big in game six. And the big thing with him is he's versatile on both offense and defense. And I think that's what's so valuable, what keeps him on the floor, right? So even though his shot's been a little iffy or so, so far this season, he's still been great as a rim protector, clogging up the passing lanes. And he's now had back-to-back -back games with two stocks and he has two plus in four of six this series, as well as nine of 12 versus Miami during the last two playoffs. Additionally, as long as he's got minutes, he's good on this number. He's hit the one and a half in 84% of playoff games this season. So I expect big minutes out of him in a must win, obviously must win game seven. Uh, and I think that he can get over this one and a half line. Doesn't feel like they're going to pull back on him. It doesn't feel like they're going to pull back and, and play someone else instead of him. Doesn't feel like they're going to like, I, it's very rare that you would see any sort of like switch up in a game seven environment. You're not going to see exactly. adjustment in terms of the minutes and rotation. Um, only 17 minutes for Robert Williams, the third, the time Lord in game six. So yeah, I don't know because I think uh, there's gonna be enough switches on the Butler. There's gonna be enough probably shot attempts from Bam. Bam's going to have to try and be aggressive. And yep. quite honestly, like Horford's hands are good enough to create a play. That's either a steal or a block, depending on how they grade it. But that's why I think the stocks play is really exactly. Smart. Jim, what do you think about that one? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most memorable plays of the, of the last game was that Horford block. So it, it kind of sticks in your mind anyways, but he's been doing, you know, quieter versions of this uh, all series. And he, he really is, like you said, it's, it's all a minutes play and it, it looks like um, he is the one that they're, they're trusting, um, especially when the heater in that zone. Um, I think he's, he's really valuable to have out there for the offensive side of things. And then, you know, that's going to translate to his production on the other side of the court as well. Yeah. 
Uh, let's flip over to Jim and we'll come back for your Duncan Robinson spot. Uh, let's talk Tatum over eight and a half first quarter here. Jim, obviously like big spot for Jason Tatum. He had the 51 point performance in game seven versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Hard to imagine the, the Celtics getting a win here without Tatum. Hard to imagine Tatum leaving anything on the board here. Uh, why particularly do you like the first quarter play here at eight and a half? So he has cleared this number in all three of the home games this series, and he's done it um, two of them by a healthy margin. Um, this, this, you know, a, a field spot set game seven, or sometimes we can go with a little bit of field spot. Um, the crowd for game five was among the most electric crowds. I, like just coming through the TV, you could like feel it. I hate when, as a Boston hater, I hate when the crowd gets that recognition, but they, they were electric. Um, it's even going to be crazier. Um, he, he's getting the most field goal attempts of the team in the first quarter. He's getting the most looks, uh, he's, yeah, like I said, he's averaging over 10 per game in the, at home in the first quarters here. Um, it's, it's slightly juiced, um, at most books, but FanDuel is the best it's uh minus 128. So, um, he's cleared this four or six in the series as a whole. And I think they're going to be looking, you know, to their best players, set the tone early. Um, and that eight and a half number is, is pretty manageable as is. Uh, all right, let's go back to Joe. Duncan Robinson over eight and a half points. Why do we like this one? I mean, look, he's gone over this in four of the six games this series. And we've kind of seen, you know, Miami turn away from Kevin Love. So we have Duncan Robinson. He's starting to get more of these minutes. He played 20 minutes last game. Uh, he honestly, I think he had a little bit of bad luck. I think the moment was a little big for him in a couple of those spot, those shots at the end of the game, right. Where he missed, uh, he missed kind of two threes like late in the fourth quarter. But the thing is he was in late in the fourth quarter of a close game and he did score 13 points, five eleven shooting. I like the points as opposed to the threes. The threes is pretty heavily juiced at one and a half. I think if you were going to go play threes, go take three plus probably at like a plus two twenty number or so. But he gets enough shots like in layups, uh, you know, just in back cuts because of the movement that he's had for this offense. So I think that there's some value there. Gabe Vincent played a ton of minutes uh, and he, Duncan Robinson still played 20 in this game. So I think that as Miami's kind of shortened their rotation, similar to the Al Horford cap where, you know, it's like, look, that's that seems to be what Boston's doing. This seems to be what Miami's going to go with. And you, I think they need Duncan Robinson spacing on the floor. So uh, I, I like him to go over the eight and a half. I think it's a little low. You can just go over it really with three threes as well, since that's kind of what we're accustomed to seeing too. Okay. I'm not asking you to make a bet on this, but I'm asking you, who do you think wins this game? Uh, Boston. Okay. So in losses, you're looking good here. Um, in losses in the postseason this season for the Miami Heat, Duncan Robinson has gone over eight and a half points in five wow. of seven. Yeah. So even if they if if they lose, he still goes over this number. And it may be a situation where it's like they need offense so badly that they play Duncan Robinson more minutes, right? Like you're trying yeah. to get your offense late. Um now this goes against mine because in under games, Duncan Robinson has only gone over this this number uh in two out of six. Yeah, I think the concern, right, is like in game six, we saw only 90 possessions for each team. So, you know, when shots are at a premium, is he going to get the shot or is it going to be somebody like, is Jimmy going to want to take it? Is Bam going to take it? Like, is that how they're going to go about this, right? 
but it does seem like they, they kind of need, they need to do something because Jimmy like hasn't really looked good. And I know Jim's probably going to talk about that coming up, but Jimmy hasn't really looked right. I think they need to find some offense somewhere else. And Duncan Robinson's like not a guy where you can just leave him open. Like you leave him open. He's probably going to make that shot. He's an excellent three point shooter. He's an excellent knockdown shooter at the end of the day. And, you know, Boston might just say, you know, we're going to sell out. We're going to stop Jimmy. Like you, if you want to beat us with Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, like have go for it, but we're not going to be beat by Jimmy Butler in game seven. Well, let's go right there. Cause Jimmy, cause uh, Jim's got Jimmy Butler under 34 and a half points and assists. Jim, let's get the cap on that. Yeah. So I started off looking at points. I don't mind that. Um, it's a little heavier on the juice. And to be honest, I, I, I am leaning with you, Matt, on the under. Um, it's why of these three plays, I think the Butler under is is my favorite of the bunch. Um, he, yeah, as to to what Joe just said, last game really did. It didn't look like Jimmy was like missing easy looks. It kind of looked like they they weren't biting on the fakes. They were, you know, they had that the hand up where you need to be, but not you know not sending him to the line as much. He still got there a bunch in the fourth quarter. Of course, that's what he's going to do, but. He he's only cleared this 34 and a half number once all series. And this is the lowest total on the board. And I see it even going under that number. So I, this number is really high uh, in my opinion. Um, it's, and it's when you do the points plus assists it's weighted heavier towards the points anyways. Right. Cause that's a much bigger chunk of what you're going to do. So that the cap was on the points, but I like throwing the assist in there because we've all seen in these game sevens where when it gets to like really crunch time, the ball just does not move as much. And, sometimes that that crunch time can be like the second half of the fourth quarter like those final six minutes can just be trading kind of isolation possessions and it's ugly and it it doesn't lead to a lot of scoring and it certainly does not lead to a, a lot of assists so um getting this you know edit uh this prop that he's only cleared once for the whole series regardless of you know a game seven a final six minutes of a tight game which i there, there is a world in which Boston blows them out and there's, you know, some garbage time, but Jimmy isn't the type of guy either to kind of fill up the, fill up the stat sheet in a, in a losing effort. If, if, if the game's over, I don't, I don't see him, you know, trying to, to pad his stats. So um, of the three props, I think this is my favorite, the um, under 34 and a half points plus assists. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that because there was somebody that did that in a game seven that actually like came back in and was still putting up points and plays late in the game, even though it was decided um, that person also won MVP this season, Jim. So um, <laughs> I think you're right. My concern, I think is that you're like, how much do you feel like you're dependent on the whistle here? Cause that would well, be concern, and, is that like Jimmy just lives at the line in this game. No, hundred percent. And I, I think there's that. And I think there's the fact that you're betting against Jimmy Butler in a game seven. I mean, like the, it's really easy to like, kind of, you know, and coldly analyze the numbers and kind of assess like, Oh, he's only gone over one of six, blah, 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 blah. It's also Jimmy Butler in a game seven. So yeah, it's terrifying. All of these bets are terrifying at, at this point in the series. It's the, the markets have sharpened themselves. Like we also have had a sweep on the other side of the conference. So all the NBA attention that could possibly be happening in the betting world has been on this series. We've had six games to sharpen every prop, every side, every total. None of these should be massive bets, at least in, in, that I'm giving out. I don't think any of these should be massive bets. It's been one of the weirdest series we've seen. So I am terrified of betting against Jimmy Butler, but of my terrified bets, it is my favorite of the bunch. So I looked this up. Jimmy Butler in elimination games in his career. He's got a 47. He's got a 35, <laughs> but then we got a drop off. He's got a 47 and, a, and two 35s. I'm sorry. He has two 35s 
and a 47. But then he's got 25, 23, 20, 19, two 16s, two 12s, a nine and an eight. So like if we just cap this on the points with the assist, basically a risk we're going to take on for a better number, I like the cap. I think ultimately yeah. like I, I don't want to project this because like he can dig like he had 15 in the fourth yesterday, right? But like he's gassed. And, and what honestly, what yeah. I really wanted, I was say I was talking to Joe earlier today. What I in a dream world, if I could bet field goal attempts and field goal percentage, I would bet Jimmy Butler over field goal attempts. I bet Jimmy Butler under field goal percentage. Yeah. And I feel like I, I I'd be that wouldn't be a scared bet because I feel like he is gonna get up shots. I feel like he's not gonna make him at a very high percent. He'll, he may well live at the line, which is to to your point, the, the scary part of it. But yeah. I think it's the best we can do with with what's out there. Hi there, listeners. We're back to invite you to head into this sports betting summer with new gear built to last. And friends of the podcast, Shady Rays have you covered against the glare of that summer sun with premium polarized shades. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company offering world-class products, durable frames, the clearest possible optics, and Shady Rays also offers the best protection plan in all of eyewear. How good is it? Well, every pair of their sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So what does that mean? Here's what they told me. It means if you lose or break your pair, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Plus, if you don't love them, it's okay. You don't need to cry about it. You just exchange them for a new pair or even return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. And you can look good and feel good because to date, Shady Rays has donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. That's nice. So exclusively for you, our beloved podcast listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ACTION for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And you can try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hit me with the Marcus Smart prop real quick. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is this is similar, you know, something we've been talking about all season, potential assists. Um, went and looked potential assists, who has been getting the most assists with the least amount of potential assist kind of coverage above it. Uh, Marcus Smart is the one that popped out immediately. Uh, Jimmy Butler actually was second on that, which was part of the cap for the the points plus assists as well. But Smart um, is a guy who he he's at, he's averaging around this for the series. 
Um, but he's just really not getting all that many potential assists. Again, this is in a game that I like the under. Um, if if he's been living around that range in in games that's, that have been you know about ten points higher, um, it's it's really this is kind of the most straightforward. I like the under. This is a way of playing the under um, in a separate market that had a, a different advantage as well of the the potential assists um, at a higher rate. So those two factors combined came to to under five point five, and it's uh, Fanduel. It's not even juice that bad it's minus 115 so um joe you got some thoughts on you mentioned this that you would kind of want to talk about it about the idea of a celtics team total all over yeah so and then I'll, I'll give my thoughts on the under yeah so i mean basically my thought is that when boston wins they generally don't win ugly like it might look like an ugly product right but at the end of the day they're still making a lot of they're making a lot of their shots and in their wins so far this postseason, they've scored at least 110 in uh, in all but two of them, right? So we're seeing Boston like when they when they win, they generally they're scoring, like they're putting up points, they're putting up a number. And I know that the pace here is a little bit concerning about for like how high up exactly I want to go. I do like the baseline at the 104 and a half, just because they shot what they had really one of their worst like effective short field goal percentage games of the entire postseason in a win uh in game six they shot an efg of 48.7 percent right and i know that the pace slowed but at the same time the two games prior against miami they put up 110 and 116 and had efgs of 63 and 62 percent so i think that this is one of those spots where Tatum, look, Tatum is like allergic to making threes right now, right? But if a couple of those go down, I think it changes the dynamic here a little bit for Miami as well, because Miami, I think they strive in like getting that kind of transition opportunity, trying to get on the other side where they can find a mismatch, where if Boston gets to be set up, then they get the opportunity in transition because Miami's not getting as good of a shot. So I do think that this is a spot where, if Boston wins, I think they cover, I think they probably cover the number, but I also like, I'd rather take them on uh, like an expectation of what they can do rather than an expectation against what Miami can do. Um, so I think that they can score on this Miami team. We've seen that and they can even go over this number in a loss, but I think that we could go up to maybe even as high as like uh, expecting like 110 point performance here. And I don't think it's really out of the question. Um, all right. When they've won and they've gone over on their team total, they've mm -hmm. averaged the last two postseasons 118 points. Yeah. Let's drill this down. We got 13 games versus the Heat, which is a pretty good sample for us to work off of comparatively yeah. speaking. Playoffs. Um, only in two games have they won and gone over the team total. Yeah. So we're two and eleven on Celtics team total over and a win everything else is either a loss and a team total over or a win and a team total under yeah so I, I would kind of hesitate on that yeah i know part of why i liked it too is like because i was on it in game uh five right and it was 111.5 right and the really honestly the only reason they didn't go over is because they were blowing their doors off so bad and then they put in all of like the bench guys and they didn't make a shot for four minutes so i don't know if we see that necessarily here i mean it's possible i guess but i mean even then like sam hauser just bricked like seven threes in a row i mean if one of those goes in you hit that so and then you're looking at them going over 
their team total in two of the three wins, even this series. So I just think that what Miami's putting out there defensively is just not great right now, especially, you know, like I, I think they're going to play more Duncan Robinson because they need the offense. That's not, that probably doesn't spell. That's probably not great for, it's probably not great for uh, Miami's defense either. All right. I'll tell you about why I like the under. Um, and the under can hit with a, with a Celtics team total over. I'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I want to let people know about the home team, which that's been like a pretty solid thing, right? It's like we go back and we're just like, oh, the home team usually wins game seven. And like some of that's like your role players usually hit shots at home in game seven, you're out of adjustments. And it's just like, who can throw the ball up and it goes in more. Uh, that trend has faded. So since 2003, home teams in the game seven are 44 and 21. Awesome. Incredible mark straight up. That's amazing. Since 2013, 22 and 14. Okay. Not, not as good. Still, still solid since 2018, nine and 10 and not including the bubble seven and eight. And the last three seasons, home teams in game seven are just three and five. And I wrote about this in the action network article, which is like, it's saying it's fascinating because we have a larger, more robust sample that indicates one thing. And we have something that's much closer to how the game is played now that indicates another, but you can also poke holes in it. Cause you can look at things like the 2016 warriors collapse, right? Like that's a one-off situation. That's unlikely to occur again, but you can poke holes in all these little individual things. But I do think that's interesting. What is also interesting, however, is that favorites have been awesome in game sevens favorites in game seven since 2003 are 46 and 19, 71% since 2013, last 10 years, 67%. Since 2018, 63%. And since not including the bubble since 2018, 69%. So like- And that's spread? Spread or money line? That's money line. The ATS performance is still hovering about between 55 and 60% across all these as well though. And Boston in particular, when they win, they cover. So Mm -hmm. like, I will tell you that while I, much like Joe and much like Jim, am a coward, will not be betting this game on the side, I would tell you the only side I would bet is Boston. That yeah. there's that is the only way I can bet this game based off of they're the better team. Favorites have won these matchups. They are at home. The Celtics have like Brandon was really smart in the article that he wrote in the Action Network, and he talked about it on the podcast too. If you were going to get a 3-0 comeback, it was going to have to be a team like this in this spot. It was going to have to be a team that was decidedly better with the kind of variance, with the kind of performance, with the kind of model that this team has. So like yeah. again. I don't want to bet it, but if you're going to bet anything on the side, I think it's going to have to be Celtics under though. I love, look, we, we, I play these not blind, but almost blind. The trend is great. <laughs> 2003 it's 82 and 48, 63% in game one game sevens since 2013. It's 61% since 2018. It's even stronger. It's 28 and 10, 74%, including 67%, not including the bubble. Unders and Jason Tatum game sevens are five and two. Unders are two and one in Jimmy Butler game sevens, one and oh in his heat tenure. But this is the biggest one, gents. This is the trend. And like, this is a market conversation. I'll talk about why I like the, the, the basketball side. This is the most powerful trend that I found. And like, these are all trends and you can contextualize them. And it's not these two teams. I get that. Here's what it is. When the total drops, the total in game six, and we've seen this consistently, and this is like how it has gone. When the, the total in game six was substantially, of course, higher, as you expect, 209, close 209. This one's all the way down to 203 and a half. 
When the total drops by more than five points from game six to game seven, you guys ready for this? The under is 18 and two. That's gross. Like <laughs> 90%. And you go, oh, so it's like directional, right? Of like, yeah. oh, so the bookmakers are moving it down because they know it's going to go under. No, is that they know that the that bettors are going to bet it but they can never get it low enough. You, you can't, can't put it down low enough. You can't get all. I know it's 203 and a half in a 2022 game. Like, <laughs> I get it. You, does it make you nervous at all that it's sat at 203 and a half and it hasn't, like, you know, like there, there it, it sounds like there is more money on the under, but yeah. does it, like, I feel like I'd be a touch nervous that it hasn't actually moved lower. You know what I mean? I mean, welcome to betting Celtics heat, Jim. It's nothing but terror. <laughs> you can um, you can kind of get a uh, Celtics team total over 104 and a half and like an under 204 and a half at plus 500 out there. So which feels a little juicy. <laughs> Jim, I would tell you that, you know, based on our, our action stuff on pro, here's like an indicator. I would tell you like it does make me nervous. And one of the reasons that mm-hmm. makes me nervous is all of this money is coming on the under. Mm hmm but it hasn't sparked a line move. So the yeah. books are like, okay, <laughs> fine. Yeah. It's one of those things that I feel like people talk about it, right? Like, and like a lot of these trends that like people talk about, they know about it, they see it. And then I'm like, does that impact, you know, like the books, like we're going to take a position here. Like that's fine because we know, especially kind of like we mentioned before when Boston wins, they score. So are the books basically going to say like, look, maybe Boston can just blow their doors off and they, this total goes over, but I don't know. I have an amazing thing for you here. <laughs> in the last few postseasons, when the Celtics shoot 35% or more, we know that they're great in terms of win loss percentage. Yep. But what you don't know is that their scoring allowed average drops from 107 to 103.9. Mm. Oh, they play better defense and more consistently the team opponent team total under is about 58% in games when they shoot better than 35% from three. And it correlatively increases when they go above 40%. That's interesting. Think yeah, about I feel like it, it matches the eye test so much right. too. But this is yeah. what we're saying here. And like, we're, this is where I've gotten to with them. If they're not hitting threes, they get away from their process. They used yeah. to be a team that was like, we're going to defend first. And then we're going to run and we're going to use threes to buffet our offense. But like we're for, we're a switch, switch all tough defensive team. Now they are a high octane offensive unit. That's who they've been all year. They were putting up ridiculous numbers in January when we were telling you not to bet them. When they're not hitting threes, their defensive process goes away and they wind up allowing transition buckets because even though there's a lot of messy data on this, you are talking about jump shots, which have a little bit more rebound variance in terms of location. So it's going to spark a few more, at least longer runouts. Yeah. On top of it, if they're making threes, they're able to set that half-court defense and they really do slow opponents down. Yeah. And this could be is the factor. Yeah, I thought it was interesting too, like in game six, towards the end anyway, it was surprising because it seemed like earlier in the series, Jimmy was like targeting Derek White, right? Yeah. And then at the end, like Derek White was locking him up pretty good. So I'm wondering if, if that's like a Jimmy injury or what that is, but um, it does seem like Boston's figured out a couple things because Miami just is limited offensively. They just yep. they really don't have a lot left. So the ways that this game can, can go, Boston hits a bunch of threes and blows them out, and Miami puts up a pitiful number. Boston struggles. It's a nail-biter, and one team or the other wins, but it's ugly, ugly, ugly. 
Miami hits threes and the Celtics offense completely falls apart. Now that's like the nightmare scenario. Cause that's like, I lose that one. That's the first three games of the series is that the heat shoot lights out. The Celtics don't, don't hit anything. And the over hit in all three of those games. Right. Yeah. That's where this goes. Option four. I also lose, which is like both teams go supernova in game seven. It's an outlier game seven performance. It doesn't match up with anything we've seen from history, but that's fine. Like those, those are things I'm willing to risk for me. The, the more likely weight of outcomes occurs with one of these teams hitting threes the other team not hitting threes or factoring in neither team and like it being a, a, an absolute dogfight right to the end so i will take the under 203 and a half and i will live with myself uh regardless <laughs> small plays people I, small I, plays <laughs> i just i just put it in on our uh i put it in on FanDuel. i put under 203 and a half over 105 and a half for the celtics at seven to one let's Threaten go that needle. i like it I like that. Like if I, it's a small play, but I think it kind of, it kind of goes with what we've been talking about. All right. It's got to do it for buckets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure to have yourselves a great Memorial day weekend. Enjoy game seven. We'll be back on Tuesday morning with your NBA final series preview. Brandon Anderson, make sure to follow both Joe and Jim in the action network app, especially during this WNBA season and throughout the rest of the NBA playoffs for all their prop plays. Those guys are geniuses. I will have them back on for a props episode later in the week. Thanks for joining me gents. But thanks to David Payne for doing the work on the holiday. Hope you have yourselves a great Memorial Day weekend. Until next time, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.